Rugby is a badass sport. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 81 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. I am your host, as always, and we have a very, very, very special episode of the DNVR Rugby Podcast today, everybody. I'm very uh, happy and proud to welcome on uh, Brendan from Rugby Pick'em uh, on the show today. Brendan, how's it going, man? I appreciate it, Colton. It's awesome. I've been a huge fan, listening to your <laughs> podcast for quite a while, and I'm just feeling blessed. There's so much rugby that's happening right now, and we're about to dive into it all. Yeah. I'm very excited. Yes, it's only right to have you on. We need to put out the biggest show possible for the biggest weekend of rugby that we've had in over a year. So let's get it going, man. So uh, before we jump into the breakdown, for those that listen, know that we start the show every the same way every week, and that's with the breakdown. But I wanted to ask Brendan a couple questions uh, just about rugby pick them and, and, you know, just get to know them a little bit. That's kind of how we like to do the interviews. That's what I tell everybody. Kind of basic get-to-know-you stuff. So, Brendan, just tell us a little bit. How did Rugby Pick'em become a thing? Well, I've been living in the Denver area for the past decade, playing rugby with the Denver Barbarians. But if you've lived in Denver long enough, you start to get to know the entire rugby community. And that includes Glendale and everybody in that area and that facility, whether we're playing against them in a game or fans in the stands. Um, so when MLR started, we had always talked about big games and would love just mixing it up with each other. And so we said, why not get a microphone and just record and see where it goes. And I could tell really early on that I wasn't going to be like a pro pundit. So we like to have fun with the show. Um, <laughs> we like to joke around. We like to poke a little fun. But it also has blossomed into a great way to network. Um, I've been interviewed a lot of grassroots rugby players and just hearing about their stories is amazing. So I'm really blessed to be on this show with you today. Um, and Rugby Pick'em's just been a fun ride so far. Yeah, man. Thank you. Like, thank you so much for joining me. I know I'm happy to have you on. And I think what you said is a, is a good point. You need to have fun. There's too much serious stuff. You need to have fun with it, man. There needs to be more stuff like that out there. So I've uh, been a big fan of your show. You know, I've been listening, uh, you know, religiously the last few months. Um, I've listened to all the stuff that you put out this last week. So for those that don't know, you had a you had a segment. This is the year of the fan, dubbed by Rugby Pick'em. Uh, <laughs> so you, you got to check that episode out. There's also team previews on every team that you did a little bit differently. You had some questions about You broke it up into you know, seven, 10 minute episodes and yeah, kind of, sweet. yeah, bite size, bite size episodes, very easy to digest. Uh, how long did that take to do? Well, the editing takes hours, but yes. <laughs> we sat down and recorded for like hour 30 straight. At the end of the day, Colton, this is the year of the fan. Everybody's been home for an entire year. And now that the pandemic is beginning to wrap up, people are going to get the chance to get back out and watch the game that they love. So we're hoping to travel a little bit this year and maybe meet some crazy Buckwild fans in the stands. Yes, I was going to ask you, like, you've talked about this Boots on the Ground tour. I want to hear a little bit about it. Like, how many how many matches you got scheduled on the calendar so far and uh, where are you looking to go? Well, I'm definitely looking to be at the Free Jacks opener in a couple weeks. 
They were supposed to have their home opener last year, and it got called. So multiple years of anticipation leading up to that. And we'll talk a bit more about that when we get to the games. But I'm really excited to see what Boston has in store. I know Alex Magleby is an excellent leader, and they're going to pack the house out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. We have a friend of the program down in Stanford, I think, uh, he's given Mark Bullock a run for the, his money as the, the guest that's come on the show the most times. So I'm looking forward to watching Dallin uh, call some of the, the Free Jacks matches. And uh, I, I, like I said, man, I got to try to get out to some of these matches with you. I think I'm in line for my uh, my vaccine here pretty soon. So I'll, I'll feel nice and safe going, jumping on some airplanes and, and coming to watch some rugby. Yeah, and there's nothing quicker than a quick Vegas trip. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, I know. San Diego's relocating yeah, there. The so Las Vegas Legion. All right, man. Um I guess one of the other things I wanted to mention, uh, I, I was a big fan of your Reddit segment on the last show. I don't think I've talked too much about the Reddit on here. I, I definitely like to look at the Reddit. Um, and and I, I guess one of the, you know, they, they don't just give a Reddit account to anybody, do they? Well, Reddit was started as this free and open space where people could share ideas who had common interests. And the MLR Reddit has certainly grown massively in the past Mm -hmm. couple years with the growth of the league now of course you get some awesome well cited (laughs) factual opinions and then you get some people who just like to mouth off and talk some smack so it's it's interesting it's a good time waster but as far as hearing news quickly and hearing the average fans reaction to news mlr reddit's the place to be (laughs) that's a that's a you know that's a way to say it for sure. The MLR Reddit is certainly a place to be. All right, so with that out of the way, we'll go ahead and jump into the breakdown. Breakdown the same way we start the show every week. We did a little detour there. But talk about everything from, you know, starting locally, move out nationally, internationally. Sometimes we, we mix it up in there. Um, but first off, I guess we'll start talking about the Colorado Exos. So the Exos had a week off last week. Uh, heading back to L.A. this weekend for, for a rematch against the All-Stars, if you've kind of been paying attention. They dropped the match, their last match against the All-Stars uh, in the final 10 minutes. Sounds like they were up by seven and then just couldn't hold it together. That's kind of what, you know, people, and then even I think Teron Beckham and, and Ta- uh, Tawny didn't talk about it because he didn't play. But um, a couple of the guys I've talked to have said, you know, the conditioning finally caught up to him. That's one of the the knocks I, I've seen a lot of people saying is that, you know, it take, it's going to take some time for these football players to, to get into the rugby fitness portion of it all. Um and it kind of caught up to them, and they've acknowledged that. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do this weekend. Uh, it sounds like they're the game's slowing down for them a little bit, um, and that's just the only way they're going to learn. It's going to be baptism by fire. So, Brendan, I know we've talked kind of privately, but what's kind of your thoughts on this XO program, and you know what are you looking forward to seeing out of them? You know, as they as this experiment continues on. Well, Colin, in a previous life, I was a middle school science teacher, so I love experiments. <laughs> I think. It's an amazing attempt to convert really raw talent into the rugby world. And even if these players don't pan out and become the Eagles, the XO Academy is going to open up so many football players into the sport of rugby that I think the long-term dividends are going to be massive. Um, I know Peter Pask. I know how driven he is. I know that he's going to be successful with continually recruiting top talent. Yeah. The guy just has a drive like no other, and he works really hard. So, yeah, I think as long as the XOs are able to consistently schedule matches, which is tough in COVID, 
and in an MLR season where academies maybe can play one week, can't play the other. Right. As long as you get consistent games, I think that this group is, is going to do great things. Yeah, certainly the hardest year probably to start this. And, you know, I've, I've said it on the show time and time again, like this whole situation is literally so fluid. The way that's kind of been described to me is like, they're Notre Dame, like they'll they'll literally play anybody they can. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Peter Pierce, like said, I think in the documentary, this is the most fun he's ever had doing work. And um, it shows like the guys, the, the work he's doing is, dude, it's really crazy to see like how he attacks the recruiting and the guys they bring in for workouts. And even like the team they've assembled now is like Tawny uh, Tupo, excuse me, Tawny Tupo. A little brain fart there. Um, Tony Tupo's a three-year NFL vet. Like, he was in the NFL for – that's, like, the life of an NFL player, right? Like, so to get guys in there like this and and even, it's it's starting to sell itself. They're, you know, they're kind of – their friends are seeing what they're doing. You know, their friends were good football players. They want to come give it a try. Um, I, I mean, I can bang the drum all the time. I've been saying it for weeks. But it's – it's I think the sky's the limit. You also can't undervalue – how much the living together and training with each other every single week is going to help them not only become better rugby players, but gel as a team. It's almost like you have heard my interview with Tony. Like he talked about that. Uh, I'll, I'll get to that a little bit in the interview portion of the show, but he kind of said the same thing and uh, I'll make sure to touch on that too. So um, that's kind of what's going on with the XOs. Again, not going to be there. I'm not going to go to LA, um, but I will, you know, I'll be talking to as many people as I can, trying to give everybody some live updates and uh, i'm sure the rugby town national training center account will be providing those scoring updates as well uh so that kind of does it for for some xo stuff so moving on to the next part of the breakdown we'll talk about uh this raptor tracker i started it as a summer covid project and it just won't die like i thought i was in the clear with you know the season's coming up it's getting closer it's getting closer and then i'm looking on twitter today i see that the utah warriors have, have announced that chad goff uh, former Raptor Chad Goff. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Chad Goff was the first Raptor I had on the DNVR Raptors podcast. 100-meter uh, try, played hooker last year. He's a really good player. Looking forward to watching him play in Utah. I'm sure he's thrilled to be playing in his home state. Um, this, Like I said, this Raptor tracker just won't die, though. Well, Colton, they're going to be Raptors for life, so you will be <laughs> tracking them for the rest of the Yeah, I, I have like done a – I've tried to just limit it to people that played last year, and I hope that – I mean, we'll see. The content dictates itself. I just kind of, I ride the wave wherever it takes me. Um, and speaking of former Raptors, prior to 2020, uh, there was a little bit of more news. Nola Gold announced that former Raptors head coach Davey Williams has taken over as the director of strength and conditioning. So um, big shout out to Davey. Congrats for, you know, getting back into it. I know, I'm sure he was, he was eating away at him, and I'm sure he's back to his happy place now. Yeah, Davey was in an SNC role before he was a coach. Right. So he has tons of experience here, and you can bet your bottom that Nola Gold will be one of the most <laughs> fit teams. Yes. Uh, I've talked for longtime listeners of the show, I've talked about this Davey quote quite a bit. And like, it's, I remember asking it, and like the way he answered, I was like, that was a dumb question. But like, his answer has very realistically changed the way I think about not only rugby, but like, sports in general and it was a year where that first year it was about set pieces um i asked him a question about i asked him a question about like being successful in set pieces and he just put it so bluntly for me and like like i said it's changed the way i think about sports but he just told me like 
if you suck at your set pieces, you won't be good at anything. That's true. That's kind of true. Like, think about, like, football. If you can't run plays, you're going to stink. Basketball, can't run plays. You know, basketball is a free-flowing sport like rugby, but if you can't run the, the set-piece plays, like, you're not going to have much success if you can't get an inbound off or, or anything like that. And it is such, like, a simple sediment that I'd never had thought about before, but it very realistically has changed the way I think about sports and look at teams. Even, like, the XOs, they've, they've had trouble with the line-out and the scrum and the intricate pieces of rugby. They get away on the uh, athleticism thing, another thing Tony talks about in this interview. Um but yeah, that's like I said, changed kind of the way I think about sports and something I'm still thinking about and that happened in 2018. I'm still thinking about 2020. Well, what do they say? If you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. Exactly. So if you can't nail your set piece, you shouldn't expect to win. Yep. And that's, uh, I asked him that after the, the first match against the Austin Elite. Throwback. Throwback name right there. And uh, I asked him that after the first match, the kind of, the, I guess it was the second match of MLR. Um, somebody played before them. I think it was Houston or NOLA or... Something like that. I, I don't remember. We were boots on the ground that yeah. day. I do remember <laughs> Uncle Hermesis with a long yes. solo try, yeah. truck sticking many defenders on his way, who would then become a Raptor. So full circle there. That's what Hanku, that's what Hanku does uh, currently. Looking forward to seeing more of that this year too. Uh, so moving on to the next piece of the breakdown, getting to some MLR stuff. I've heard of it. It's a big weekend for MLR. Uh, so it's only right to talk about the, the gigantic week that they've had. Um, and, and one of the, the, the first things I wanted to talk about is, is oddly one of the things that came out today, a little bit later in the week, we're recording this on a Thursday night, but the MLR announced some, some law variations today. So uh, kind of out of the blue, I didn't see this coming at all. Like if you, if we had a bingo card, this would not have been on my bingo card. What about you? I saw the law changes in Australia. I did not think the MLR <laughs> would announce it the day before they started, but Colton, yeah. I like the chances. <laughs> okay, so Call me crazy. It's meant to speed up the game. If you want to say it's meant to Americanize the sport, so be it. But basically what they're going to do is put a kick clock on the conversions. Instead mm-hmm. of 90 seconds, you got to get that kick done in 60 seconds now. The scrum resets will be stricter uh, with the amount of times you're allowed to reset. And what a lot of people don't seem to like is a rule that I actually love. A red card will no longer change the game entirely. When we see red cards in the first five minutes, the entire game flips on its head. Teams are playing with different strategies. The new rule will say that the person who committed the red card, they're done for the game. However, after 20 minutes, the team can replace that person from the bench. I like this rule. I think we're gonna make for more competitive games down the line and we're not going to see massive blowouts that are one-sided because one player you know went a foul early on right and that's so the, the the blowout thing that you just said is so important for this league it continues to find its footing and you know people are get new people to to watch these matches every day like they don't want to watch a team lose 50 to 7 um and, and you know so those are a couple of the the rules that we mentioned um, a couple of the other ones, uh, under the post, so if you score directly under the post, you just get seven points. You don't even have to kick the, the conversion. Um, and the offside line, did, did you mention that one? You didn't talk about the offside no, line? No, the offside line is interesting. So on the scrums, the scrum half is usually allowed to follow the ball as yeah. it moves back to the eight-man. Now there's going to be a hard line through the center of the scrum. And if you ask me, this is going to make it right for eight-man picks. Yeah. Eight-man will be 
fiending to grab that ball and take it right at the opposing fly half. There's not going to be pressure on their back. Um, but this rule is meant to speed up the game and hopefully we'll have less scrums and we'll have faster scrums. Eight-man picks, it's one of my favorite plays in rugby too. I love seeing that. I love seeing a good eight-man peel off the back of a scrum and just smash into somebody. You know, have a nice carry. Um, I, I didn't want to talk about the under-the-post thing. Uh, that's one of the ones I'm not really into. Um, and, I'll, and I'll say this. It, it should be a gimme every time. But, but it's not. Like, you have to kick the conversion, right? Like, that's why, you, you know, teams look good on paper, but that's why you play the games. I kicked um, in football in high school, and, buddy, I was – I missed a lot of ones I should have made. And same thing in rugby, too. Like, you know, messing up is part of the game, and I think giving the, the – you know, giving a player opportunity to nail kicks like that and giving the other team the chance, you know, like that could change that could change matches, man. Like, if it comes down to – you know, you're in you're in the last couple minutes, they get a try right in the middle. Like there's always a chance you can charge it down, you can push it one side or the other. Uh, you know, so that's one of the ones I think uh, you should let them play, um, let them kick it. But that's from a kicker's pr- perspective. It should be the opposite way, I think, honestly. But Well, Colin, you don't see Tiger picking up his golf ball <laughs> on the 18th of Augusta. Exactly. He's hit that's, that putt. A, that's a perfect analogy. I love that. Uh, so those are some of the new laws, I guess, uh, initially – you know, it came out around lunchtime or whatever, late afternoon. I wanted to hate it, and then just the more I think about it, I just don't. I just don't hate it. If if the rules are bad and if they don't work, they'll be gone next year. The NFL does this literally every year. Um, you know, you look back to what two years ago, challenging pass interference plays. Not one single pass interference got overturned. Like if the rules stink, they'll be changed back. Um, so you know, why not? Let them have some fun. I'm looking forward to seeing this and uh, seeing how it works out. If we're talking about converting Americans to rugby and these rules are meant to make the game faster, then why not? Why not? Okay, so the next part of the breakdown, moving into some more MLR stuff. MLR announced its new streaming platform on Tuesday. If you listen to the show last week, that's one thing we talked about. They teased it a little bit. Uh, the streaming platform is called the Rugby Network, and it's in partnership with Rugby Pass. I don't know about you, Brendan. I love Rugby Pass. Like That's like one of my favorite websites, I think. It's like a nice blend of like very serious, you know, well-made, it's very quality stuff. Um, but there's some funny stuff on there too, like that Sam Smith Reports guy. I think that guy's funny. He's like a he – kind of, he kind of does what you do. Like he's a boots-on-the-ground type of guy. Like it's not – everything's not so serious with him, and that's important to have. Um, from what I've seen, I've checked out the Rugby Network. looks cool. So for those that haven't looked into this, this is a, a – it's going to be like a free streaming service thing. All the games that aren't nationally broadcast, you, you can get on there for free. All you got to do is sign up. Um, I've been watching a lot of a lot of uh, social media stuff recently, and uh, if the product is free, that means that you are the product. Just remember that. So it's not necessarily the worst thing if you're signing up for this. You know, it shows that people are interested and in, in, in paying attention to MLR. Um, it'll help them in the long run, and, and it'll be good to watch some free rugby. That's something that a lot of people have talked about, uh, you know, over the years in rugby is putting it behind a paywall does it more harm than good. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to watching some matches this weekend. I'll give the commissioner credit. He was brought in to grow this league, and what a better way than to make it free for the masses. Mm-hmm. They can figure out on the back end once they build a solid base of how to monetize that. But I think right now in 2021, after a full canceled season, this is a good time to give it out for free. Right. Probably one of the hardest times to give it out for free, too, to be quite honest. Um, but like I said, too, you know, pairing it with Rugby Pass, 
partnering with somebody that has a proven track record. Uh, like I just said, I'm a big fan. You know, all stuff they put out is quality, and they we don't get to enjoy it here, but they they no stranger to streaming matches. So uh, be fun to check out. We'll talk a little bit about more a uh, little more about that when we get to the rugby that you can watch this weekend. Um, so we'll move into the next piece of MLR news and that they also put out a new app. I think they did this on Wednesday. I fiddled around the app a little bit. It looks nice. Uh, we're going to see how it works. I know apps are always a work in progress um, and they're a pain to get going, but this one looked okay from the start. Well, for the longest time, I would go to the ESPN app to get rugby scores and you'd have to click through maybe 10 clicks before you got to what you needed. Now I have a one-stop shop app, so... Very yeah, nice, yes. Nice. And it looks like I've seen some people talking, looks like they might have some stats in, in one of these two apps. Um, and if you've been following MLR, you know they're very protective of their stats. So that'll be interesting to see how that looks um, and if that's something they can keep up with. That is a, a tireless job, much like making an app, keeping stats is very hard and it's a very fluid too. That's why in your fantasy league, sometimes you lose because they go back and, and rewatch the matches and, and the football games, I guess, and, and you lose points sometimes because stats change. The auditors. Yes, the stat auditors. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Uh, one of the last things I want to talk about in the breakdown before we jump into all the rugby that you can watch this weekend. Uh, new World Rugby, you know, World Rugby Internet announced this new international uh, women's 15s competition. It's called the WXV. We'll start in 2023. Sounds like it would have started a little sooner if the Women's World Cup didn't get pushed back uh, this time. But, you know, pretty interested to seeing how this works out. It will run from September to October every year, except for years when there is a Women's Rugby World Cup. Um, my take on this a little bit is just like, I think we can all, we've all lived enough life to know that it's hard to do anything. It's hard to, you know, do anything if you're not doing it for something. If there's nothing to look forward to, it gets tedious, you know, you know, just training and training and training. So I kind of like trying to lose weight. Like it's hard for some people to work out if they're, if they're not playing a sport, they're not working to, you know, be in shape to, to compete in something or something like that. And this is the same thing. It's, you know, this gives these ladies the, that are working so hard, something to look forward to, uh, you know, another competition to compete in another chance to test themselves and more opportunities to play high level rugby. So I think it's a good thing all around and I hopefully it, it takes off and, and it comes to, you know, the fruition like the plans have kind of laid out. Yeah, I mean, you know better than anybody that our best performing national team, aside from the occasional year with men's sevens, the most consistent team is the women's 15. And what better way to motivate than to put high quality games there on the schedule that are guaranteed, that are backed by advertisers and they're not sitting there, you know, waiting for a call for a camp in Chula Vista or something. They know every year come September, October, they're going to have games. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And like you said, I've been fortunate enough. I've had a little bit of a, a front row seat as they're moving into these, uh, you know, these camps at, at Infinity Park. Uh, friend of the show, Rob uh, Kane, you know, has talked about the importance of getting these camps together. This is just more of a more of an opportunity to, to make it work. And yeah, as I said, looking forward to watching it and see what, what comes out of it. So, Colton, before we jump into all of the <laughs> rugby you can watch this weekend, I just want to tell the audience that I was the hard ass <laughs> that called you and told you that your pronunciations were way off. So I'm going to let you go with the Pro 14, and then I'll take the premiership. Thank, thank you. That's the one I have trouble with. And you got to have people hold you accountable. That's like a good thing, you know, To in life. You can't have yes men surrounding you. 
you got to have people that are there to, to let you know when you mess up too. So I appreciate that. There's always room for improvement at everything. So just like Brennan said, we'll go ahead and jump into all the rugby that you can watch this weekend. We'll start with the Guinness Pro 14. Uh, so to start off, we've got Munster versus Benetton on Friday at noon. We've got Leinster versus Ospreys on Friday at 2.15 p.m. We've got Ulster versus Zebra on Friday at 2.15 p.m. as well. We've got Dragons versus Glasgow Warriors on Sunday at 9 a.m. And Cardiff Blues versus Edinburgh. How's that? I think you're closer. I'm getting closer. I get better every week, I think. That match is on Monday at 2 p.m. And we've got Scarlets versus Canucks on Monday at 2 p.m. as well. You can catch all of those matches on ESPN+. Plus. Go ahead and kick it over to Brendan now for the Premiership. So for the Premiership, Newcastle against Wasps. Bath against Worcester. That's going to be Saturday, 8 a.m. Also Saturday, 8 a.m. is Harlequins versus Gloucester. Saturday, 8.30, we have Exeter versus Leicester. Saturday. Sunday. Sunday, March 21st, we have the Sale Sharks against the London Irish. We'll be watching AJ McGinty, who's having an amazing he's, season. He's awesome, now. man. And lastly, Northampton against the Bristol Bears, Sunday, March 21st, 9 a.m. The Premiership's a tough league. They play mm -hmm. pretty hard-nosed rugby. I prefer the Southern Hemisphere style of rugby, but hey, any self-respecting Englishman knows the history <laughs> there is what you come for to watch every Saturday. Yes. You're right, and they play a lot of it too. 22-week season has nothing to mess around with. You can catch all the Premiership rugby matches on Peacock if you haven't subscribed. I highly recommend it. I've been – you like Peacock? You've been, you have Peacock? Yeah, yeah. I, I dabble with Peacock. <laughs> I'm mostly catching late replays. That's, that works too. It's hard for me to grab it live, but yeah. Peacock yeah, especially works. some of these ones, you know, Monday, uh, right when you're supposed to start work and all that stuff. But you know what else you can watch on Peacock, Brendan? That's the Six Nations. Um Looks like this week, this was the final round, if I'm not mistaken. Scotland versus Italy on Saturday at 8.15 a.m. We've got Ireland versus England on Saturday at 10.45 a.m. We were supposed to have... Ooh, what, what have I got on my notes here? Oh, I think France versus Scotland was postponed earlier, right? So they will play that game, but they're going to do this final round. And then, okay. So, yeah, they're, they're pushing it back. So then we've got France versus Wales to round off the weekend. That's Saturday at 2 p.m. Um, you can catch all that on Peacock as well, like I said at the top of the show. So all you need to know for the Six Nations, Colton, is that France and Wales will essentially play for the title. Uh, if Wales wins, they get a Grand Slam. If France wins, then they have a chance to beat Scotland and win the Six Nations in the following weekend. I thought it's been a really exciting tournament. Yeah. I typically, like I said, like Southern Hemisphere <laughs> rugby over Northern Hemisphere, but... The teams are playing with a more attacking style. I'm specifically talking about Scotland. I love Finn Russell. I love <laughs> Hoggy, Stuart Hogg. But they haven't been able to chalk up as many wins as they'd like. So they really need to put a thumping on Italy. The Ireland-England game can go either way. They're both having down years um, compared to what their fan bases are used to. Mm -hmm. And like I said, France-Wales for all the marbles. Um, France plays an insanely dynamic style. Wales has some flair. Louis Rezamet is a young winger on the outside who's just been in amazing form. Um, but again, it's kind of weird with the postponement. So we'll see. If Wales wins, they win it all. Yeah. 
All right. Well, there you go, everybody. That's not. It's about as good of an endorsement as you can have to watch the uh, you know final round of the the Six Nations this weekend. So check that out on Peacock. It's nice and early. You can get it in before you know all your uh, all your MOR watching. Um, so with that, we'll go ahead and jump in the Alliance Premier Fifteens. So we got Bristol Bears women versus Harlequins women at seven a.m. on Saturday. Labro Lightning versus Wasps FC ladies at seven a.m. on Saturday. That is going to be live streamed on England Rugby's Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Premier15s.com. So make sure you check that one out uh, to round out the fixtures for that weekend. We got Sale Sharks Women versus DMP Durham Sharks. That's also at 7 a.m. on Saturday. Saracens Women versus Exeter Chiefs Women at 7 a.m. on Saturday. And then Gloucester Harpery Women's RFC versus Worcester Women's or Worcester Warriors Women. That's at 7:30 on Saturday. So they mixed up the, the start time there. Um. You got anything on that? I've enjoyed watching the American women play. Yeah. And I hope they continue to get starts. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and then, you know, like we were just talking about, like this is, I saw there was a lot of chatter about, you know, putting caps on foreign players, like two per team or whatever. Um, this is just, you know, another avenue for these women to train, to, you know, to compete, to play high-level rugby. Um, and I've enjoyed what I've seen from the Lions Premier 15 so far. So, like I said, make sure you check that out. Uh, 7 a.m. on Saturday. You got so much rugby to watch. I hope you have multiple screens. I hope you have a couple computers and your iPad and your phone and everything rolling. Speaking of all the rugby, we'll head to the Southern Hemisphere where Super Rugby AU is picking back up. It's going to be a late Friday game, middle of the or, night, so you can watch the replay. Or early Friday game. <laughs> the Melbourne Rebels are playing the New South Wales Waratahs. And Saturday, we have the Queensland Reds against the Western Force. In New Zealand, Aotearoa, we have the Hurricanes playing the Chiefs and the Auckland Blues playing the Crusaders, the defending champions, the three time. <laughs> well, they have many more champions, but they have the three most recent. Yes. What I love about the revamped Super Rugby AU and Aotearoa schedule is they're going to play in-house mm -hmm. for the first, and then we get a crossover tournament. I'm really, really excited for the crossover. I'm hoping we can watch that at some point. I know you can, you can, you can go around it with the VPN. You can maybe find a stream on, on the Rugby Union Reddit page or something, but... I just want it to be easier to watch. I like. I, I'm kind of like you. I love watching Super Rugby. That's part of the reason we're doing the DNVR Rugby Pick of the Weeks around or around Super Rugby Aotearoa. Um, I was hoping it'd be kind of fixed by now. We just got to hang on, I guess. Yeah, last summer ESPN Plus streamed all the matches. I had Glendale Raptor legend Mickey Bateman on Rugby <laughs> Pick'em to talk everything Super Rugby Aotearoa, but. ESPN Plus has dropped these matches. Yes, bummer. Them in the U.S. right now. We have a void that needs to be. It filled. sucks, man. This is my favorite rugby to watch too. So, with that, I guess we can move into the DNVR rugby pick of the week. So, this week, uh, I think the pick I submitted to the DNVR bet show. I'm blanking on it now, but my two picks of the week: I had Crusaders two and a half, Hurricanes. Excuse me. Crusaders minus two and a half and Hurricanes minus three and a half. But the lines have moved, everybody. Uh, so now the Chiefs and Hurricanes line is at two and a half. Uh, Crusaders Blues are also still at two and a half. Um, I went two and oh last week, kind of on a hot streak, not to brag, two and one over the first three rounds of competition. For the picks I've been submitting to uh, the DNVR bet show, 
You can catch those picks on the DNVR Bet Show every week on YouTube. They stream every day on all platforms. So Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Monday through Friday. Make sure you check that out. It's a good show. Those guys are actually like way better at gambling than me. Um, but I am having a little bit of luck. So I'm taking, like I said, I'm taking the favorites. I'm taking the Crusaders. And I'm taking the Hurricanes. What do you think about that? Why would you not ride with the Crusaders? Dude, that's what I say every week. is like I tr- And that's what I was telling Andre. Uh, from DMVR bets is like I tried my best to find value in picks, but my brother has a good saying is like any bet you make money on is a good bet. So even if you know the the juice might not be there, but it's just literally impossible to bet against the Crusaders. <laughs> it's just impossible to bet against them. And I think like since I've been watching Super Rugby more consistently over these last couple of years, like I think I'm just a Blues fan. I don't. I just like rooting for the Blues. It's a team like. When you watch a, a football game or something, you go in as a as a neutral. You know, you you kind of you can just dis- you can tell who your your mind is rooting for as the match goes on. And I just like the Blues, but I just also know that like they just can't beat the Crusaders, man. <laughs> they yeah, just can't Blues do it. Have been building for sure, but you just Scott can't. Robertson, Razor, they call him the coach. He's an absolute legend, and he's built something special down there in Christchurch. So we'll see how we do this week. Like I said. Uh, 2-0 last week, so make sure uh, you're paying attention to this stuff. Um, it's been fun to do, and like I said, make sure you're checking out the DNVR Bet Show every weekday, live streaming on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Now, for the moment, I think kind of everybody's been waiting for the first time we've got to talk about these fixtures in over a year. Major League Rugby returns on Saturday, so let's go ahead and talk about some matches. That sound good to you? We are with uh, Mr. Rugby Pick'em, so we'll go ahead and uh, and pick some rugby matches, I think. Is that what you want to do? Well, Colton, we typically say anybody can pick winners, but can you pick against the spread? Mm-hmm. However, for the sake of simplicity and because it's week one and we haven't seen a whole lot of preseason matchup, why don't we just stick to picking winners today? <laughs> okay. That's what matters, right? That's what, that's bottom line business, wins and day, losses. At the end of the day, did you win the game? <laughs> All right, so the first match of the weekend was supposed to be Old Glory DC at NOLA Gold, but it looks like that one has been bumped to Sunday, so I'm going to read it last. So we'll go ahead and start uh, in Las Vegas, I guess. Rugby United New York at San Diego Legion. I always forget to mute my notifications when I do this show. Sorry. Sorry. you got to forgive yourself. Yeah, yeah. sorry, guys. Um, but Rugby United New York at San Diego Legion. That match is on Saturday, March 20th at 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can catch that on the Rugby Network unless you live in San Diego or you live in New York. You can catch it on the Rugby Network if you're listening to the show from Colorado. What do you think about this one, Brendan? So this is a rematch of the semifinal in Mm -hmm. 2019. Both teams are very good, and both teams are expected to be at the top of the table in their respective conferences. I'm rolling with Rooney this week because I believe in their core group of players. San Diego still has some veterans back, Nate Augsburger, Sam Wuching. But they've also brought in a lot of new talent, a lot of different players. So I'm going with Rooney on the road. I think they're just built different. They're hashtag built for New York. <laughs> and I think they're going to get it done in Vegas. Uh, I'll agree with you. I think I'll pick Rooney in this one too. I'm interested. I'm honestly like more interested to see this setup in Vegas. Like I want to see how this all works and can I just ask are they playing at Sam Boyd Stadium are they playing somewhere else does anyone know pick them. I said they should yeah. be playing at Allegiant yeah, you, they should the new Raiders stadium yeah the probably costs a lot the of Death Star I'm sure it does Al Davis needs that money to come in so he can keep eating at P.F. Chang's religiously so uh, 
I agree with you on Pick Rooney in that one too. Like I said, you can catch that one on the Rugby Network. Second match of the weekend. Looks like we got New England Free Jacks at the Los Angeles Guiltinis. That's on Saturday as well at 4.30 p.m. So it starts a little. You can catch the first half of the Rooney match. It sounds like you might have to miss the last couple minutes of the first half. But uh, this is the one I'm really looking forward to. This will probably be the match that I'm dialed into this weekend. Obviously, a lot of former Raptors on the Guiltinis. So, Brendan, I'm going to kind of jump in front of you. I'm going to take the Guiltinis in this one. Looking very, looking forward to seeing uh, Luke White, Nick Boyer, you know, all, all the old uh, Raptors guys playing in this one. Uh, what do you think? So, first off, yes, I want to root for the Guiltinis this year because I love all the Raptors that are there, especially Nick Boyer and his golden locks. Yes. However, rosters were announced this morning and an old teammate of mine evan geist will be wearing the six jersey for the new england free jacks and i couldn't live with myself if i didn't back my guy so give me the free jacks on the road to win this game evan is a csu guy right he's colorado through and through yeah. he started playing with swarm rugby which mm. is a local club and then he played for the uh the rammies yeah see it makes it hard as a ram myself but um I- I got to go with the Guiltinis, man. I think Luke White is like very literally one of my friends now. So, room for the Guiltinis in this one. <laughs> Luke's one of the hardest guys I've ever attempted to tackle. I've been run over multiple times by Luke White. Uh, he's a phenomenal player and he leads from the front. Also, one of the rare players that can play prop and second. Yeah. Rock. You don't see that a lot. And he, I think he's moving back to. He's, he's wheeling around. I feel like I saw somewhere he might be playing prop this weekend. Well, the best ability is. Availability. <laughs> you can't make the club in the tub, as they say. Uh, so moving on, next match will be at 5 p.m. Mountain Time on Saturday. We've got Toronto Arrows at Rugby ATL. It should be the Atlanta Arrows at Rugby ATL, I guess, huh? With the yeah. with the border issues, that match is also going to be available on the Rugby Network. Uh, what do you think about this one? It's it's the roommate game. Uh, Toronto is obviously shacking up with Rugby ATL this season. I think. The, the the money would say Toronto's the favorite, but I just have a hunch. I think ATL's going to win at home. I think so, too. Uh, again, you can catch former Raptors, Robbie Petzer and Connor Cook. Big Robbie Petzer guy. Robbie's a man. Uh, one of the best players on the Raptors last year, for sure. And Connor Cook is a monster. He's a tackling machine, and he is a he's a, he's a super tough. He got his, his ribs exploded in the Toronto Arrows match last year. So he's out for revenge. He's out for yeah. He's out for revenge. I didn't even put that together, but yes, that's true. He's got to take revenge for his ribs there. Um, I think uh, I think I'll go with you on that one too. I think I'll pick Rugby Tail on that one. The Rattlers. Oh, the Rattlers. I like that. I like the snake too. Um, moving into some national broadcasts, we've got the Seattle Sea Wolves at the Houston Saber Cats. This one is also on Saturday at six p.m. You can catch this one on CBS Sports Network. What do you think about this one, Brendan? Houston would admit it, they have underperformed in the first two years. I think this is the year they write the ship. I think they win at home to open up the season against the defending champs. Yeah, I know. I feel like my perspective and is kind of skewed with like the Seawall just because they did have a tough year last year, really to no fault of their own. It's a lot of injuries. It was a lot. Of, they were depleted early on. They were kind of starting to turn around there at the end. Um, I think it's just hard to pick against Seattle. Every time I have in the past, they prove me wrong, so I'm going to go with Seattle on this one. All right, split decision. All right, moving into the next one on Saturday at the same time, also at 6 p.m., so you can get the Seawolves-Sabercats uh, match on your TV, and you can get this one on your computer because this one will also be on the Rugby Network. We've got Utah Warriors at Austin Gilgronis. I don't even know what to think about this one. What do you think about this one? 
Austin's track record isn't great, but obviously <laughs> they've completely revamped their entire front office, their entire player group, and yeah. they have signed many, many strong players. They're probably the deepest team out there, the Gilbronies. Um, they did release their lineup. Will McGee will be starting at 10, former Raptor. Yes. I'm backing Will McGee and the Austin Gilgronies to beat the Utah Warriors. And if if we're getting technical and we're going off, you know, recently won championships, they did win MLR 2020 virtual. Oh, yeah. Bill the Drill. <laughs> Bill the Drill won MLR He's 2020. more famous as a rugby video game Yeah, a streamer. A rugby player. Yes. Um, I think I'll go with you on this one, too. I think, like you just said, Austin's done a good job of, of you know, rebuilding, you know, reloading, which is, I guess, Utah's thing, right? I listen to your show. How many times can you reload, I guess? They were hashtag reloaded last <laughs> year. Now they're hashtag for the nation, Yeah, which is Warrior Nation. Utah, I, I guarantee that's going to be a very hard team to be at home mm-hmm. but this is week one on the road and they have a lot of new pieces and their coach kind of pulled out last yeah. minute so there's a lot of reshuffling there but don't be surprised if utah claws their way up in the west and is, is fighting for a playoff position late in the year right um i agree with you i think utah's been a team in in my opinion you know since the league started that they always should i i always feel like they should do better than they do and maybe this is the year they, they finally put it together and and do that. So moving into the last match of the weekend was supposed to be the first match. We got Old Glory DC at Nola Gold. On this one is on Sunday now. Um, I'm not sure if it's still at 2 p.m. I can check really quickly. This is bad radio. It's all good. I'll step so, in. Yes, thank you. This is the the <clears throat> nice part about having someone help me. So Colton, this is actually the game that I flip flopped <laughs> on five times now. Okay, why so many times? Well, my gut said Nola at home is a no brainer, and if we remember back to the opener last year, Nola absolutely tattooed Old Glory DC in mm-hmm. the opener. Yeah, it was never even close. They killed him. Um, however, Old Glory DC did end the regular season with a four game winning streak. And they have kept the spine of their team intact. (laughs) Same hooker, scrum half, number eight, fly half. So I've swapped back to Old Glory DC. And then I swapped back to NOLA because (laughs) I thought Old Glory DC has not gotten a lot of run. No. COVID has unfortunately affected their team in a negative way. Um, But I think I'm going to stick with NOLA. They signed JP Duplessis and... They, they really tend to honor multi-year contracts, so I'm guessing that that core is going to be gelled and ready to go yeah. come Sunday. I just like to say J.P. Duplessis, he's like maybe the nicest person of all time, like maybe one of the nicest people I've ever had the pleasure of interviewing. Um, like you said, you know, Old Glory GC just has really not had the best luck of all time with this COVID stuff. It sounds like this match is, is another casualty uh, of COVID. This is why it got moved, because I can read you the first sentence of this release. In adherence to Major League Rugby's COVID-19 testing and contact tracing policies, the match between Old Glory DC and NOLA Gold has been rescheduled for Sunday, March 21st at 3 p.m. Central Time. So they've had two preseason matches just straight up canceled. It, it's getting, you know, it's it's time to go. Um, they're still having some issues with that, so that's a bummer. But that's what's going to happen this year. If you watch kind of the, the state of the league press conference, um, Killebrew said this, it wasn't going to be, you know, there wasn't going to be, there was no way there wasn't going to be any bumps is what I'm trying to say. Um, and we might have our first one on Sunday. 
Yeah, I backed their coach, Andrew Douglas. That guy doesn't mess around. He's about as serious as a heart attack. But we'll see. That's definitely going to be a team that will expect to be in the playoff scenario come June, July, August. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick, uh, this one is hard for me. I, I know in this business they always tell you to don't talk about stuff you don't know about and, like, hand up. I just didn't see very much Old Glory matches last year. I didn't have the chance to watch that many. Um, being so laser focused on the Raptors, um, I'm familiar with Nola Gold a lot. So I guess, I, you know, if I had to pick, I, I guess I'd go with Nola Gold. Acknowledging everything you just said, I know the old Glory DC finished hot. And in my defense, the the Raptors next match they were supposed to play before the season got canceled was against Old Glory DC. So well, Nola <laughs> is christening the Gold Mine, renamed. Yes, Shinon Airline is now the Gold Mine. So you got to feel something special about. Coming out to the quote new state. Yes, and I had the chance when I was down there with the XOs a couple of weeks ago. I, that field is very cool. I like seeing like all the different things that um, I've had the chance to go to a couple different places. Now I've been to Starfire, I've been to um, Zion's Bank where Utah plays. I've been to Torero Stadium where the Legion play. Like I love seeing the setups, and that was for sure one of the coolest setups that did I've, they I've have been to. Their jazz band. They did not. Okay, that's going to be coming this week. Yes, that that would be sure. awesome. Um, so, okay, that does it for all the rugby that you can watch this weekend. But before we transition out of that, um, let's go ahead and talk about a, a segment Brendan wanted to talk about so here. I just want to throw some prop bets out there. This is the first every year that the MLR has done a collegiate draft. 24 rookies were drafted back in June. They were almost crying and in tears when their names were called. No, it, it, it must have been a nice moment. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Alex Reese wrote a piece way back talking about kind of the pros and cons of the draft that really caught my ear or my eye, I guess, if I read it. And let's just start with that. The pros of the draft is you create a pathway to become a professional athlete, for sure. You get collegiate players that go straight into a professional system. The cons, in my opinion, and I will preface this by saying this is just my opinion, and I have a bleeding heart for the players, you take away the player's right to hit the open market mm -hmm. and, and go negotiate with any team that he sees fit. I think that's unfair if they're coming into contracts that are slated at you know a lower end of the salary cap spectrum. I think it's kind of unfair for me to say, hey, Colton, we want to draft you number five overall, but we want you to come across the country and make X amount of dollars. I like the idea of players hitting the market and, and getting their value. Mm -hmm. And I think pot potentially, based on how many players play this year, we're going to see the effectiveness of the draft. So I wanted to throw out some prop bets. Mm -hmm. Of the 24 draft pick rookies, and Colton's going to answer these over-unders. <laughs> How many are going to receive an MLR cap in 2021? We're going to say over-under 18 of the 24. So I'm going to say over on this one. And I don't know if you want me to say my reasoning, you know, until the next question. or, or No, if you... we'll go down to the next okay. one. Okay. Over-under 14 players to start an MLR game in 2021. I'm going to say over on this one as well. Part of this is because we've seen some team sheets come out. It looks like we've got a couple, a handful of them are already starting in, in their first ever match. Um, but the reason I, I say over on both of these is because I think maybe I'd give a different answer if we're in a different year and a different time and we weren't in 
this this COVID hell that we can't seem to escape. But I do think COVID is gonna is gonna play a role. Like we're already seeing, we're having issues with Old Glory DC even you know getting on the field. Um, and there could very easily be a situation where there somebody gets swapped in and out very quickly. We see a we see a Kendall Hinton Broncos scenario, which is a second Kendall Hinton Broncos reference on this podcast because I talked to Tony about it as well. Uh, we could see something like that, you know, and there's nothing you can do about it, and and they might not have a choice but to start an uh, an MLR match or you know play in an MLR match. It's going to change plans for sure, and that's that's a big reason why I'm saying over it to both of those questions. Yeah, you could be right with the over here. Also, if let's say we're in week six and a team's six and two, or sorry, a team's four wins, two losses, they're mm-hmm. feeling pretty good about it. A coach might want to give some of his, you know starters arrest yeah. and maybe bloody some younger players so colton says over on 14 rookies starting a game in the mlr right off the bat we haven't seen all of the rosters come out but we see joe johnson uh, is going to start for the new england free jacks at a life university and connor mooneyham is going to start for the Gilgronies. He was the number one overall. That's uh, that's to be expected. He's right? also he's doing the, no, number one pick things. The first ever number one overall. So kind of historic. All right, our next uh, rookie prop bet: over under eight rookies to score a try in twenty twenty one. I think I might go under on this one. It's hard to get on the score sheet. It is scoring's hard, man, and you know this is going to be the the realistically the highest level rugby that they've played it's going to be fast um if you've been lucky enough to catch an mlr game in person like if and you can you can get field level almost at any venue like you you really see that this is a different game like this is a different level of competition and man like i just said it's hard to score so i'll go under on that one i, I bet connor Mooneyham's gonna bag me at some point but that's just one we we need eight yes you know, i think he'll get one didn't he get one in like the one of the preseason matches i think i think he's already got one uh, preseason try. So I, I would imagine there's a couple more coming from him. And the last prop bet over under two players to start eight consecutive games in the MLR. This one is tough because it's not even like really based on their ability, you know? Could it, it could be an injury, it could be like strategy. So I guess I I guess I'll go I'll go over on this one, too. Life's too short to bet the under, so I'll only do it once. I love it. I'll go over on this one, too. Um, but I feel like this one, you could, you could get uh, – if this was stuff that we could actually bet on, you need to get DraftKings guy on the uh, on the podcast. We can ask him about it. Like, you could get – you could get screwed. You could get some bad beats on this one for some strategic purposes. I, I oh think. yeah, a team goes like seven and zero. Yeah, they're scheduled to get their eighth straight start, and the reserves come up. Yeah, but yeah, I, I hope the rookies do awesome, man. I, I know they don't make a ton of money right mm-hmm. out of the gate, so getting experience is one of the most important things. And Colton, I even think to myself, even if a ton of the rookies don't play a single game in the MLR, will being in a professional environment make them better even if they don't play a game of rugby for a whole year part of me says yes part of me thinks that the league you know should figure out a way to send players up and down between d1 and mlr but i know there's a lot of issues with insurance and different issues there but i hope the rookies do great i hope they get a ton of playing time and i hope that the draft is successful i just i hope we're not forcing the draft Right. 
That's funny you say that because the last time I did a show like this where I did have a co-pilot, um, I had Blake Rogers on, uh, you know, Giltini, new Giltini's guy, um, and I and I did a mailbag with him, and I was kind of running him through it beforehand. I was like, Blake, you should just come on, do answer some of these questions with me. You're gonna have better perspective than me. Um, and one of the questions on that episode was about like a potential draft, and I, and Blake was like. I just can't see like how that would work in our sport. Like just the way the sports set up across, you know, the world, like this doesn't exist, you know, it's, and, and this is like you said, it's about, you know, making, making this our American version, which I'm totally on board with. Um, I, I kind of, I've, I think I've gone on record saying like, I feel like it's too early. I feel like, it, you know, maybe let the money catch up a little bit more and, and all that stuff. But I, I just don't see how, being in a full-time training environment can hurt. And we kind of contradict ourselves a little bit because we're just talking about how... Pros and cons. Pros and cons, exactly. Like, we're just talking about how the XOs, like, they need matches. They need to just keep playing matches to learn how to play rugby. Um, so, obviously, match time is great. It's important. It's what you look forward to. That's why you play. You don't play to train. But training every day and being around your teammates and all that stuff certainly won't hurt. One last thing that's a pro is we're not thinking about what it's going to do for collegiate programs. Yeah. Now directors of rugby can go to the board and ask for more money and say, hey, there's a direct path. Yeah. Central Washington, Cole Zarconi, good friend of mine. He got drafted. Last draft, last pick of the draft. Mr. Irrelevant. But that program, Central Washington, they're going to do great things going forward and they, they already are building. But all I'm saying is it gives director of rugby people across all these collegiate programs, a bargaining chip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a, uh, that's some good takes on the draft. And like you said, I, like with anything, I've heard this saying a lot recently, just covering the XOs and stuff like the proof is going to be in the pudding and this is no different, you know, and this could be the same with the rules thing. Um, everything should, you know, it should move. If it doesn't work, there should be adjustments. Um, you'll learn as you go. That's part of, you know, but the first step to doing anything is you just have to try. So that's a, that was a good conversation. All the rugby you could watch this weekend and on the draft, it all starts Saturday. So uh, with that, we'll go ahead and jump to the interview portion of the show. Now, uh, very excited to have Tani Tupo on the show. Um, I've talked about Tani quite a bit already. Tani's a three-year NFL vet. He played for the Seahawks, the Falcons, the Cardinals, Played for the San Diego Fleet of the Alliance of American Football. I very much enjoyed watching that league. And he played uh, for the Seattle Dragons of the XFL. He's also dabbled in the Spring League. He's a University of Washington guy. He played with Saul Mooching. Um, grew up in Seattle. So he, he's very familiar with the game of rugby. I was surprised to learn that he had never tried to play before. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in this Tawny interview. I'm looking forward to you guys hearing it. I just wanted to make a disclaimer and I should have done this at the top of the show since we're like an hour in already, but uh, been having some mic issues as of the, the last few weeks. I'm fully aware of them, trying to fix it. Hopefully this one sounds good. Um, so Tawny's interview might sound a little bit different. I tried to, to clean it up the best I can. Um, but with that, that's kind of the, the introduction to Tawny Tupo. Brendan, you know about Tawny Tupo at all? Oh, yeah. Big things coming out of the sexo. Yeah, that's true. I think Tawny can be as good as he wants to be. Um, looking forward to, to seeing him, you know, advance in rugby and seeing where it takes him. So with that, we'll go ahead and kick it to my conversation with Colorado XO prop, Tani Tupo. <laughs> All right, now we welcome onto the show, Colorado XO prop, Tani Tupo. Tani, how's it going, man? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for joining me. 
you, you kind of bailed me out a little bit. I, I was uh, scrambling for a guest. So thanks for coming through, man. I appreciate it. So, Tawny, the first question we ask everybody that comes on the show is just, can you tell us a little bit about where you're from? Yeah, you know, I'm uh, from Pacific Northwest, you know, in the great state of Washington, mm-hmm. Seattle, 206. Baby. Yeah, I like it up there. I've been there up there a couple of times. Uh, I went up there two years ago for the Seawolves when I worked for MLR. Okay, so yeah. I got to go watch some rugby up there. So I like that place a lot. Yeah, I think nice. I'd live there if I could. It's beautiful. beautiful yes. Up there. They got mountains, they have water. Yeah. So, Tony, could you just tell me a little bit about your your background, mainly about your football career? So, uh, you're playing rugby now, but I know you know your stud football player in high school. You went to Washington. If you could just kind of take me through your your football career timeline, and I'll jump in along the way and ask a couple of questions. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, like you said, like I've been playing football my whole life. Uh, I've been playing since I was eight. Uh, went to you know play junior football, from junior football when I played high school football. High school football, went to college, played at the University of Washington. I was there 2011 to 2015. Um, and then after that, I was fortunate enough to go to the NFL, um, played three seasons in the NFL, Seattle Seahawks, uh, Atlanta Falcons, and uh, Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I was blessed to continue playing. And, yeah. Um, I did the, the AAF where I played with the uh, Geelan, yeah, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. And then after AAF, uh, did the XFL and got to come back home to Seattle and yeah. play for the Seattle Dragons. Cool, yeah, that's a couple of questions I had. So I guess mainly uh, I wanted to ask you a lot about your time in Atlanta just because I'm personally curious, like, what it's like because it looked like you you were on the bubble quite a bit there, and that's like, what is that like to be on that bubble? Like when, when they when you're on, you know, when they wave you or whatever, but you get brought back a week later, do they tell you all that stuff's gonna happen, or like how does that work? Yeah, so you know, um, just with Atlanta, Dan Quinn, uh, Thomas and Mitchell, like they they were a good organization. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, so they they kept me in the loop uh, with every transaction. Yeah, and I was pretty blessed um, to be in the situation that I was. You know, so. yeah. My situation there was I um, got cut during camp and then waited around for a little bit. You know, they called me in, hey, yeah, you know, we're going mm-hmm. you on to our peace squad. Yeah. You know, did peace squad out for a little bit and then, um, you know, I had a few injuries like, mm-hmm. you know, every team does. Yeah. And then, then called me in, hey, yo, we're going to bring you up. Yeah. And then, all right, cool. You know, active roster. Uh-huh. Get that good check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you know, things happen and, you know what I mean? Right. Other guys around the league, you know, get released and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so then they kept me in the loop and, um, you know, told me, hey, we're going to release you, but if you clear waivers, we're going to bring you back. Yeah. You on. So, you know, I ended up doing that a few times. And, yeah. You know, I've, I've always wondered about that, like what that's like. And, and then even like in those little breaks that you have because like sometimes it takes a little bit right like a week or two what do you do like in that week you just start hanging out so this is an interesting story <laughs> yeah um one of the week i got cut um we actually were going up to play the new england patriots mm-hmm. in uh Foxborough. Foxborough, yeah and um i had actually already told like a bunch of my friends like hey i got you guys some tickets just come mm-hmm. out you know uh my best friend is a huge Patriots fan. Yeah. 
And so he was like, yeah, I'm coming out. So mm-hmm. him and one of my other boys, you know, um, they came out. They had already planned on it. And I got cut literally like the day before Jesus was gone, you know, which it is what it is, you know, because I, I mean, I still, the way the NFL works is if you get cut after a certain point, you still used to get paid for the week. Right. So I'm still getting paid oh, for that's the week. Oh, that's nice. But <laughs> I looked at, uh, you know, Dan Quinn and them and said, hey, you know, I got friends that are going to this game. Yeah. Um, you know, is there any way that, you know, instead of flying me home to Seattle for the weekend or let me hang out here, you know, um, can I just catch a flight <laughs> to Boston? Yeah. You know, obviously without the team and stuff. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, sure. That's fine. <laughs> so I literally went up to Boston. There you go. And just went as, to the game yeah. as a fan and saw the city. Yeah. Had cannolis. There you go. Doing, that there, sounds nice. What's it called? Uh, Fenway? Yeah. yeah Baseball the, Stadium. Went to Fenway. Did, did it all. That's it good, fun. man. That's awesome. I was making the most of it. I like that. Uh, so I know with the with the Seahawks too, you they what, you came to the camp or whatever as like a fullback mm-hmm. defensive lineman hybrid. What was that like? Is that because I know I've talked to I talked to Casey about it. He kind of did like a little bit of the same thing, mm-hmm. and then even Mandel Dixon was another guy who was at the November camp, and he was mm-hmm. do you know Mandel? I do. I yeah. Do. So he was saying he was telling me too like just how hard it is to learn like two different positions and especially like offensive defense like that just seems like so much extra work it seems like you you're almost like behind the eight ball in a way you can't like there's no way you can go to like all those meetings right and all that stuff so what is that like um it's a a jack of all trades master of none yes (laughs) exactly um no yeah um it was it was a good experience but i'd say that it is actually you know it is pretty tough yeah Uh, the one thing because like, how how did the fullback part come about? Like, were you playing fullback in college, or I had a few uh, packages uh-huh. at fullback um, in college, and then I played um, tight end in mm. high school. Yeah, I remember I was, reading that. I was an all-state tight end in high school, and then um, did totally the rock a few times. Yeah, also. <laughs> so I don't know. They just figured, and I think another thing too was just. Um, Shoot, you know, Seattle was known for that. They had, right. they had Will, Will Tuguafu. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so they just wanted to. You try it out. Just get a, a steady flow of these defensive linemen tight end yeah. hybrids. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's cool. I'd say just the biggest difference between offense and defense is just like on defense, um, you can afford to screw up. Just yeah. Because, you know, you got. Especially at D line, like you got linebackers and mm-hmm. DBs that'll make you right. You know, what I mean, you you hit the wrong gap. Mm-hmm. All right, cool gap exchange, linebacker fill it. Mm-hmm. Um, on offense, like you gotta yeah. be, you gotta be on top yeah, of if, it. If you miss that block, it's could be the guy behind you's career, right? Like exactly. His career could be over. Exactly. That's not so. I'm trying to think what else I. Okay, the other question I have for you uh, kind of goes back to the Atlanta days when you're talking about playing on a practice squad like what does a typical day or a week look like as a practice squad player like what does that consist of for you um shoot it's a lot of hard work uh shout out uh Derek Shelby uh he told me when I first got in there he said the more you get paid in NFL the less you do (laughs) interesting I've never heard that before so yeah as as a B-squad player man you're out there busting yeah, busting your butt every day. Um, 
usually Mondays, uh, come in, do a workout, uh, some kind of recovery run, walk through, watch film, you know, review everything. Mm -hmm. Um, then get your body right. Tuesday off, Wednesday, Thursday is the real, you know, hard, you know, grinding days. Um, Friday is a little bit of a lighter day. And then Saturday, obviously, walk through mm-hmm. Sunday, get ready to play your game. So, do you have to learn, like, because are you learning, like, mainly your team stuff, like your so, you know, plays, or are you also learning the other team stuff too? Because yeah, you got to so, give, like, scout looks, right? Yeah, you got to give scout looks. If you're on Peace Squad, you got you to do yeah. everything. Everything. <laughs> so, when I was at Atlanta, I was doing playing fullback. Yeah. You know what I mean? Jeez. Just to give a look. Right. We, we played the Jets. Um, and they had a bigger fullback. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the coaches were like, yo, you should go in the fullback. I'm like, cool. <laughs> uh, you know, there's times too, you even got to play offensive line. Right. Just to get in there. Because you're, you know, you're the guys yeah. taking, taking the reps off, you know, the starter. Yeah. And, and stuff. So. so, I guess uh, this is super, super off topic. But, like, did you see, I'm a Broncos fan, obviously, live here. It's like you saw like, Kendall Hinton, like, guys playing practice squad, wide receiver. COVID stuff happens, gets thrown into the game, had to play quarterback for like that whole game against the Saints. Could you ever imagine like what that would be like to do that? Like, I mean, you're just saying like right now, you're playing a little bit of everything. Like say something happened on the offensive line, they're like, hey, Tony, we need you to play left tackle this week. Like, could you imagine what that would be like to do that? Uh, no. Yeah. I honestly, if that happened to me, I'd just look at them and be like, all right, cool. Yeah. yeah. And- <laughs> I mean, that's what, what he did, too, and it's like, yeah, it's hard to knock that guy. I know a lot of the stuff people are saying, too, is like nothing that guy, nothing that, like, other people in the NFL will ever do will be as hard as what that guy did, just get tossed into, like, oh. tw- literally 24 hours before an NFL game, and he went and started quarterback. Yes. That's no, bananas. It's, it's tough, but you know what? Hey, he got Good paid. For him. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, cool. I wanted to ask you about that, too. I always wondered that. Uh, I covered the Broncos for a little bit. Like, I was out at practice for the 2017 season, so I kind of got to see, but, you know, nothing nothing compared to you You lived it. So mm-hmm. I want to make sure I asked you about that. So I know you talked about the AAF and the XFL a little bit. Um, you might be kind of a biased answer because you, you got to play at home in Seattle, but did you have, you know, did you enjoy playing one of those competitions more than the other one? Uh, you're talking about overall? NFL? Yeah. Oh, not in. I mean, I would assume NFL probably takes the cake, but just the, the AAF and the XFL stuff. I mean, um, honestly, the only thing that probably was just the best out of the two was just that for XFL and Seattle, you know, I got to be at yeah, home. you got to be at home. But I think overall, and I might get some flack for this, but um, AAF and XFL, yeah, I mean, I thought it was better than NFL. Really, yeah. that's an interesting take. Yeah. Why you say that? I mean, you know, the, obviously the pay is not the best, mm-hmm. whatever, but um, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like we're back in college again. Yeah. You know, everybody's paid the same thing. And right. Everybody was just like really out there grinding and, you know, trying to get back to the league. And it wasn't, you know, there wasn't any like politics or, you know, money or anything like that that was involved. And right. It was just like, like I said, you're just, just like playing. Yeah. Is it? Do you kind of feel like that here now? I guess we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit. That's I mean, kind of like yeah. what I, from again, from like an outsider's perspective, but that's kind of what it would seem like to me, right? Like you all live relatively close to each other. Like you, that's, I don't know. That's that's no, kind yeah, of what yeah. I'm wondering. 
No, I definitely, I, I feel that kind of same vibe here, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, the league and stuff is cool, but you also remember, like, people got families, you mm-hmm. know, and it is a job. It is, yeah. it's fun, but it also is a job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but just like even the setup here, you know, it's kind of similar to what we had kind of AAF-wise. Yeah. Honestly, here, it's better. But, um, you know, I mean, you got teammates and stuff. Yeah. That are hanging out and... You know what I mean? Being close, uh, you know, doing a team bonding and right. that stuff. And you live right across the street from the facility, so exactly. it's, it makes it nice walking yeah. over, I'm sure. Some, well, maybe not this week or this weekend. But, <laughs> um, no, that's cool. I, I, it's kind of interesting you said I wanted to ask you about that. And so I guess the next question we jumped ahead a little bit was just how you got recruited to the XOs. Like, how did you learn about this opportunity? You know, honestly, if you told me, a year ago. Well, actually, check this out. Because um, <laughs> you were playing in the um, Spring League, right? Yeah, I was over in the Spring League. But yeah, my first, our first rugby game, okay? It yeah. was down um, New Orleans. In New Orleans, okay? Uh, what, uh, what was the field? That was the Shrine on Airline, is what they call that place. The, the gold mine or whatever, the baseball stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, so, that the gold took over and made it their own okay. facility. So that place, okay? Is right next to the Saints facility. Right. Um, two years ago, I was at the Saints mini camp. Okay. And you told me two years ago that I was going to be playing basketball before basketball rugby, 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 rugby right next door. Right next door. I was like, "Yeah, okay." But yeah, so I was sitting. I was at the spring league. Yeah. Uh, down in Texas, um, trying to revive my football yeah, career. Yeah. And I'm playing, doing my thing. I'm sitting in the room, and I get a call uh, from this Colorado number. You know, and answer the phone. And it's this guy, pass. <laughs> you know, yeah. And he just says, "Hey, you know, I want to come try to play professional rugby." Um, you know, told me that G Lin is playing, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, "Okay." okay. <laughs> You know, yeah. what's it looking like? You guys, you know, housing, you know, yeah, yeah, housing, yeah. all this, da da da, provided. So I sat there for a little bit. I was like, all right, thinking about it. Called my wife and I was like, hey, these guys want me to come play rugby. What do you think? And she's just like, I mean, I guess if that's what you want to try to do. So that's yeah. what we ended up doing. So I, have you never played rugby before? No. Really? No. That's crazy. That's just kind of like being from Washington. It just seems like pretty big up there. Like you know, because did you you played at Washington? So like, mm-hmm. was was Saul Mushing there? Like when yeah. you were there? So yeah, exactly. He's kind of like the big guy in MLR. That yeah, yeah. So Saul's there, and so that's just crazy to me. Like that you never tried it before. No, I never did. And um, you know, some of my cousins um, played mm-hmm. rugby. Um, uh, was it uh, my cousin? My cousin Mikey. He he actually played. I think he played for Liberty. Like, oh yeah. Uh, for who? Yeah, Liberty Mark, Rugby Club. Yeah, out in, yeah, yeah, Washington. But he told me too before. He's like, dude, you make a good prop. Yeah. And I look at him. I was like, oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. sure enough, when Ask called me, he's like, yeah, I want you to play prop. Yeah. And I was like, wow, it's coming full circle. And like you just okay. said. <laughs> so were you at? Um, were you at the spring league camp out here in the summer? Because it was like right out on the turf. No, I was actually at the very first spring league mm-hmm. after I got cut from Seattle. Yeah. So after I got cut from Seattle, I went to the very first spring league, and that was out in 
White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia. Oh boy, I have not heard very many good things about West Virginia. Uh, what did you say? If you've seen the movie Cars, you've yeah. seen Radiant Springs. Yeah, yeah. It's down near the it's exact same place. <laughs> White Sulphur Springs. Yeah. <laughs> so I can tell you a little bit about like the relationship that that Peter you just were talking about has created with the Spring League, and so you know Peter's like he's looking everywhere for for players to come in and, and try this crossover thing and. It's like back in the summer, he said he contacted the Spring League and the Spring League uh, was like, hey, we actually are having a camp out in Denver, but our facility just kind of got closed. I think they were going to play at Valor Christian or something, that really mm-hmm. nice high school. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we've looked at your uh, your setup. Like, can we come, you know, play there? And Peter's like, sure. So, like, they just got a front row seat, got to look and talk to all these people. So I was wondering if you were there, but that makes sense. And I know that it kind of got pushed off into the fall. Um, was that November? There was like the tournament, the spring league tournament. Was that what you were playing in in Texas? Yeah. 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 So that's interesting. I know he was uh, trying to find connections everywhere, mm-hmm. um, but that's funny. So like, was it a tough decision? Like you said, you called your wife or was it just like, might, might as well try something else out or how did you decide to come up? Cause I know it could be kind of scary with this whole COVID world and, and everything going on to, to do something like this, come to a completely new state and, play a sport you have no familiarity with i don't know yeah i mean i'd say like i was a little kind of like okay you know trying to yeah. like think things through but at the same time too i was like ah it is what it is you yeah know what i mean like have you have you been aware of like the rise of rugby in the last few years i guess it would be kind of helpful with yeah, you know yeah, playing yeah. with psalm like seeing yeah. what he's up to yeah so with psalm and then even uh the my bennett twins yeah uh suni city yeah uh, over for the seawolves yeah so I, I grew up with all them you know, okay I grew up with them so yeah i've seen obviously like you know the what rise of rugby. um but yeah just decision wise i mean honestly it wasn't i was a little worried but i, I really wasn't because you know there's only my whole thing on this is like there's only a, a small window yeah, uh, in life for that, sure that you can get paid to play Some, sports. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? right. So whatever that is, if it comes my way, you know. Yeah, my might as well. <laughs> yeah. That's a good that's a good way to live for sure. Uh so Tony, I know you're talking a little bit about, you know, carrying the rock. You said you gotta carry the rock a little bit in college and stuff. Like how are you enjoying carrying the ball again? Oh, when was the last time you got to do it? Did you do it? I mean, maybe practice squad type stuff, but, you know, yeah. how, how are you liking that? Uh, I like it. It's fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm sure it's a nice change of pace. Not oh, yeah, definitely. Tackle people all the time. You're going to have some of the... Little... I, I'd rather run the ball. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're the best of both worlds right now. So how, how has it, you know, how has this experience kind of stacked up to what you expected? I guess, what did you expect when you came out here to try rugby? Um, I mean, obviously I expected, you know, to be hard. Yeah. Um, and it is, you know what I mean? There's, you know, there's day, you have your days. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, overall, you know, it's, it's a good, it's fun. It's yeah. Fun, good experience. And, um, so you're liking it. You think you got a little bit of the rugby bug now? Just a little bit. I yeah, still got a lot, a lot more to learn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. I, I like it. Um, it's a lot of fun and. You know, I got some people, um, kind of along the way that can you know help me like, yeah. ask questions too. You know, like I said, uh, like Psalm, yeah, yeah, uh, Sui CP, 
Uh, another person that actually I played with on the Falcons was uh, Alex Gray. Oh yeah. Um, he plays over. He's plays for Bath. Exactly. Now. I might, I might have to get your his contact information from him if you still have. I'm working on something. You're talking about Psalm. I know I have a I have an email out to Psalm that I sent a couple weeks ago. So oh, okay. <laughs> we can talk about that off air though. Um, so what I guess what about rugby? Like, are you liking? Like, how does it stack up to some of your football experiences that you've had? I've asked again. I've asked a lot of the guys that played high level football like you. Like, what is you know what are the the differences and the similarities? I guess even just in training, like how. The coaches talk to you and stuff like that. Like, what? what how does it all stack up? Yeah, I'd say, you know, I, I don't know if it's just like this because we're crossover athletes, or you know, if it's like it's kind of like around the world. But I say, in rugby, I feel like there's a lot more um, teaching, mm-hmm. a lot more just like relationship building. Yeah. Um, rather than you know, in football, a lot of it is like, you know, and I, and I like it. But a lot of it is, is more like that no rah, 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 yeah. interface, like, you know, better yeah. know your stuff. Yeah, or, seriously. You're <laughs> gone. You're yeah. at the door. Yeah, you know. Um, and just even just the way like, the organization here has just kind of treated players and handled player situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just with class. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not this, you know, not to see yeah, for sure. NFL and stuff. Didn't doesn't. do the same thing. But. Yeah, you know, but. I mean, everybody who's been in the NFL knows that there's certain programs out there that, mm-hmm. you know, do people grind me. Yeah. And there's others that take care of players. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask you that off the mic, too. I'm interested in that. <laughs> no, that's good, though, man. I'm glad, I'm glad that you're liking it. Um, so did you – were you uh, hurt for this last match? Did you go to L.A.? No. So I did not go to L.A. And I, I didn't go to L.A. because I went and uh, tried to revive my football oh, career. Yeah. So do you want to talk about that? Because I know that was yeah. kind of. I, I just took, I, I took off. Um, you know, I got a call from BC Lions. Yeah. CFL. Come out and yeah. try out. And, and you should do that. And I know I've talked to Peter about that. And I'm sure like you have all talked to him about it too. Like mm-hmm. it would be silly to not, like you just said, it would be silly to not explore any opportunity that comes, you know, your way. Exactly. doesn't matter if you're playing rugby now. If, like you should do that, you exactly. know. So I, I know because there was a couple of other guys that did that too, right? Mm-hmm. It was like so it was all about the same time. Yeah. Oh, and I think that's totally fine. You should do that. So, um, are you going this weekend though? Are you going back? I am going back this weekend. Cool. To LA. So how, how I guess just even like in training and stuff, like how has the team progressed in in your eyes? Like from that first match in Nola, you, you know, you've been training like crazy for these two three weeks now. Like, have you seen the the steps that you guys are making, even like in film or whatever? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think um, just like the flow of the game mm-hmm. is, you know, really coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our first rugby match, you know, it was good. You know, we won off of pure athleticism. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you can get athleticism and skill right. all working and like, together. Yes, yeah, a little bit more like organization parts yes. of it. Yeah, you'd be hell on wheels. Yes. So, and that's kind of what it sounded like just talking to some of the guys and Peter and stuff in this last match in, in Los Angeles. And I'm sure you've watched the tape. Um, it sounds like that's what happened. Like it just slows down a little bit for everybody else and put the pieces together and you play better rugby. So hopefully that's the case again this weekend. Yeah, but that's yeah. how you learn, right? Baptism by fire. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to, you know, seeing how that goes, hearing about all that and seeing the clips that come out from it. Uh, and then, Tony, I guess the last question I want to ask you is just about Taylor Swift. I know you're a big Taylor Swift guy. That's right. 
Tell, tell me about Taylor Swift. What, why you like Taylor Swift so much? What, what are the what are the best bangers that she puts out? I just love Taylor Swift because I mean I don't know. I always love her music. Yeah, that's fair. Her. We have the same birthday. Yeah, December thirteenth. <laughs> Come on. Yes. And then uh, I don't know. Yeah, I just, that's fair. I know a lot of all the guys I lived with in college are big Taylor Swift. That's right. Taylor yeah. Swift fans. T Swift Tuesdays. Yes, T Swift Tuesdays. <laughs> All right, Tony. Uh, that's all the questions I have for you, man. I don't know if you wanted to shout anything out here at the end. I usually leave that open for people, but otherwise, uh, that's all I got. I was just say, you know, shout out um, my wife and kids. I was holding it down. And shout out to everybody back home who supported me through everything. And love you guys and take care. <laughs> all right. I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation with Colorado XO prop Tony Tupo. I say it every week, Brennan. I'm sure you're, you're a loyal listener of the show. Guests make the show. I appreciate everybody that takes time out of their day to come chat with me. Um, so thank you to Tani. Like I said, looking forward to watching him play rugby, seeing where it takes him. Um, and he had a lot of inter- interesting things to say in that interview, uh, kind of like Brennan mentioned earlier. Like he was saying, I asked him if he had a favorite league that he played in when he played football. So asking him, like, did you like playing in the AAF? Did you like playing in the XFL more? And, and the listeners know this by now because they just listen to it. But he said that he liked playing in both of those leagues better than he liked playing in the NFL. And it was because of – it was like college. He's like, we're all making the same amount of money. We're all living, like, right next to each other. And it's just fun playing with that. So I thought that was an interesting answer. Kind of teased at the beginning of the show. Uh, tell him Brendan now because he's obviously talking to me, so he hasn't heard this interview yet. Um, but it all makes sense to everyone listening. Well, it's the level playing field, right? Yeah. You tend to bond more with people who you're in the trenches with. Yeah. And I'm guessing on an NFL roster that the multi-million dollar starting quarterback doesn't yeah. hang out with the practice squad guys. He had a quote in there that everyone has heard by now, but he said, the more you make in the NFL, the less you do. And that, and obviously that's going to cause some animosity, and, and, uh, and people aren't going to be too pumped about that. But, again, thank you to Tani. Uh, looking forward to watching him play. And I'm looking forward to, to eventually getting to a point where we can see these matches and not have to travel. So that does it for the interview portion of the show. So we'll go ahead and jump into the required reading portion of the show. Is this your favorite part of the show, Brendan? Well, I always do the reading. I feel like, you know, <laughs> you're one of one. School and you're I one of one. Signed homework. So. so you want to know how, like, this segment came to my brain? Yes. So I read a lot. I like to read. You can, you're in my lair right now. You got, I got books here, I got books over He's there. A scholar. I try to be. I try to stay on my. I try to read. We live in this, you know, technological world. It gets so wrapped up. Your attention span shrinks. So it's good to like keep yourself honest. Read a little bit. Um, but so how this started is like I would read something and then I would want to tell one of my friends about it, and they were like, "You should just start emailing me the stuff that you read." And so I did that for a little bit, but that's tedious. And and so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put this in the podcast. So that's kind of how this this segment w- came to life. And so the required reading this week, we got two pieces for you. Um, the first one is about a uh, close personal friend, Nate Ebner. I had the chance to talk to Nate Ebner when I worked for MLR. Uh, he played in the last Olympics. He's a big supporter of rugby, part owner in the Free Jacks now. Um, and he's going to try to make it in the Olympics again. So this this article is called Nate Ebner Eyes Return to Olympics on the United States National Rugby Team by Michael Eason. And you can find it on the New York Giants website. So that's giants.com. Uh, and I'm looking forward to this, man. Like, I, I think this is awesome. And, you know, I think Nate Ebner is the man. I'm not, I'm not, don't really take the bait on the stuff that he's taking a spot away from anybody else. So, like, if he goes into camp and he earns it, like, he earns a spot. I'm of the mindset that you should have the most competitive camp possible to have the best team. And everybody knows Mike Friday wants to win more than anything else. 
So, yeah, having Nate Ebner in camp will only help the Eagles. Exactly. Like I said, he's ultimately like he's going to earn it. Mike Freddie's not just going to give him a spot because he plays for the New York Giants. Like he, you know, it's who best man's going to win. So look forward to seeing how all that plays out. Um, owner of the Free Jacks. Exactly, owner of the Free Jacks. I saw uh, co-owner Patrick Chung retired from the NFL today so he can focus all his energy on. He's a full-time front yeah, office guy. full-time front office Free Jacks owner. So uh, that's the first required reading. I got two for you. We got a twin required reading this week. Sneak one in there. Um, this is one that just kind of popped up this afternoon. I think about an hour before we started recording or so. And this article is called "Los Angeles Has a Professional Rugby Team." Meet the LA Guiltinis. This is by Sam Bruce, and you can find this on ESPN Scrum. So always good to see the Four Letter Network getting involved. Um, but I, I clipped some interesting stuff in this. I, I skimmed this article earlier because we, you know, we're pressed for time. We got to record the show. But there was a lot of interesting stuff. This is a you know this is the DNVR rugby show. Got to keep it local. A lot of stuff in this article about the Raptors. So I wanted to go ahead and read this for you. Because have you read this yet, Brendan? I haven't read it yet, but I know quite a bit about the Guiltinis <laughs> coming to town. And if I could just jump in and say one thing, of all the big names they've signed, right? They have the Wallabies coming in, who are big names and have a ton of caps. The most exciting name to me is. Adam Freer, the general manager, and I've heard him on multiple podcasts just talk about building grassroots the way they do back in Sydney. And he, he the way he speaks about the game is just very intriguing to me. He, he talks a lot about players not just retiring at the professional level, but coming back to their clubs before they retiring, coming full circle, giving back in the rugby community. I'm very excited for what his team is going to do in LA and quite frankly if they're putting a season on in LA one of the most COVID restricted areas Mm -hmm. out there he's doing something right right so that's a good point and and kind of piggybacking off that the reason I clipped this this you know piece of the piece is because it was very it was a very rational it was one of the most rational takes I've seen on the Raptors exactly so that doesn't exist really in rugby as we just talked about the reddit account here so um, I'll go ahead and read this for everybody. So it says, Major League Rugby was forced to abandon what would have been its third season last year after the onset of the coronavirus pandemic. Later in 2020, the competition saw the withdrawal of the Glendale Raptors, while another team, the Dallas Jackals, delayed their competition debut until 2022 in a bid to ensure the club is ready both on the field and off of it. The Raptors' decision to withdraw was largely based around the disagreements on the amount of international players making their way into the competition that the MLR wasn't actually serving its purpose by helping to foster promising American talent that would eventually bolster the national team. Giltini's assistant coach, Stephen Hoyles, understands this argument, but he says the value international players can bring to a growing rugby market like the U.S. ultimately pays dividends in the longer term. It certainly worked in Japan, who as a tournament host made the quarterfinals at the 2019 World Cup after the steady improvement of its national top league. And both USA Rugby and World Rugby, the game's global stewards, will be hoping a similar story unfolds for the sports sleeping giant. Quote, Firstly, I see their point of view. If this was Australian rugby and we were allowing 12 foreigners to be on the field in every game, then we'd all be up in arms, myself included. So I get that, Hoyles told ESPN. Quote, But I also think... Uh, excuse me, but I also look at the game here in its position, and it's still an emerging nation. It's a sleeping giant of world rugby. We've all said it. We've all been waiting for the states to kick off. So I can understand why clubs have an issue because that club, 
Glendale Raptors, did a really good job in particular of producing a lot of local talent. They can probably have the right to feel a little bit peeved that other clubs are bringing in foreigners. But at the same time, you've got to believe in a competition when you can look up and in two years you can say Ma Nanu from New Zealand, the beast from you know South African Tende Matuaria Rira. I have a trouble saying his name, sorry. Matawarira. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Robshaw of England, Cecil Africa of South Africa Sevens, Matt Gitu, Adam Ashley Cooper, Dave Dennis from Australia, uh, Joaquin Tukulet, the Argentinian fullback, all these names that are starting to pop up in the MLR and that can only be a good thing for the competition. Quote, and yeah, you'd probably like to think that in 10 years' time, there's not going to be 12 foreigners allowed on the field. But in the short term, I think that's an approach that will help facilitate the growth of the game here in the States. End quote. I will link both of the articles to those stories in the article that houses this podcast. Brendan, what do you think about that? Well, this is very relevant to the DMVR podcast. Mm -hmm. And I remember when you finally came on the air after the Raptors withdrew and you were audibly shaken. How sad, man. Yeah. But at the same time, I understand where Glendale's coming from. I understand the frustrations with the internationals. But Stephen Hoyles has a point here. You do want the rising tide lifts all boats theory. The problem that has happened in the past, I think, that the MLS struggled with is right out the bat, their salary caps ran high because everybody was in an arms race. Now, it seems like the MLR is pretty intent on keeping those salaries low, which, again, I have a bleeding heart for the players. I don't like that. <laughs> I would rather the owners operate at a loss for quite an extended period of time and pay the players more. But listen, I get it. You're building a business. You're building something. At the same time, how do you build excitement and hype? You sign big names. Mm -hmm. So th there's two sides to every coin. I understand where Glendale's coming from, but I also understand what the Giltinis are saying here. Is like, don't you want these hundred cap Wallaby guys in here developing young players? Right. They seem to back themselves on that front. Yeah, and I think like this is a like I said, this is one of the most rational takes and one of the most rational things I've read on this whole thing. And like the the way that it's all gone down is like it can both exist, right? Like they're doing their own thing. You know, the XOs are, are have have you know, become, have come to life. Like both, both people are doing what they say they wanted to do. Like they're putting the money where their mouth is and, you know, we'll see what happens. I think I've talked about this on, on this show, a couple other things I've done, but it's like, it's all, it's all to, for one goal, right? It's all like, it's all good for rugby. Um, and that's kind of what I think about all that. So that does it for required reading. Like I said, I'll link the articles in the article that houses this podcast. We'll go ahead and close the show out with the loop. I don't really have much to say in the loop. I'm still working on some stuff. It's taken a while to come to fruition, but um, after my conversation with Tani, as you all have probably heard by now, uh, Tani's is a—he's he, going to be a good middleman for me. He's going to help me finish up some projects that I've been—I've uh, been working on since like November. So, uh, looking forward to all that. Make sure you—you you stay in tune with us and, and keep an eye on all that. And the best way to do that is follow us on Twitter at the NVR underscore Rugby and at Colton Strickler. Um, Go ahead and follow Rugby Pick'em, too. Follow Rugby Pick'em on all platforms. Uh, the handle is just Rugby Pick'em, right? Yeah, honestly, if you just like the sport and you want to hear a couple guys talk about it who don't take themselves too seriously, then Rugby Pick'em's the spot for you. Yes. But, Colton, as a diehard DMVR <laughs> fan, I just got to tell you, I can barely sleep on Thursday nights waiting <laughs> for my download to hit my podcast box. 
It's it's <laughs> something that I truly listen to first thing each Friday. I love the interviews. You do a great job of drawing out the players. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. To, look to explore that more, where they're from, what makes them who they are. That's the really interesting stuff that I like on long-form podcasts. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. That's what I've been trying to do. It's been I know it's been a little rocky. We're learning on the go, but... Again, the the running theme throughout this podcast is like, you just got to do it. You just got to try. Baptism by fire, that's the only way you learn. Um, but yes, yeah, I said, follow Rugby Pick'em on all platforms at Rugby Pick'em. Make sure you listen to the podcast anywhere you can find podcasts, correct? Yeah. Let anyway. the Reddit haters come, man. <laughs> yes. They're going to be furious. Who cares? Uh, they Like I said, they don't just give a Reddit account to anybody, so... Their opinion is valid, and I respect it. Um, seriously, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man. It's been awesome, and God, how blessed are we as fans. I think Saturday I'm going to do absolutely nothing except multiple screens on the new uh, Rugby Network. Network. Yes, there you go. I'm going to do the same thing. Thank you so much for joining me, Brandon. It's been a pleasure. It's nice to not just sit in a room and talk to myself for 30 minutes. Uh, Nice break from that this week. Um, but like Brennan said, enjoy the matches this weekend. This is kind of what we've been waiting for. We've, we've earned this, everybody, so soak it up. Enjoy it. Um, I hope you all had a great week. I hope you have a great weekend, and I'll catch you all back here next week.